We are talking about leadership this um, month. Amen. On leadership. Turn to your neighbor and tell them leadership. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you have it, say amen. John chapter 4 verse uh, 6 says, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria uh, to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. Every turn to your neighbor and tell him, Give me to drink. So then the Bible says, For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, Ask us a drink of me, which I am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who had said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, Living water. And the woman said unto him, Sir, Thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence this hast thou living water? Art thou greater than our fathers Jacob, which give us the well and drink, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water, that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast five husbands, thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now has is not thy husband. And thou saidest thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in the mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem, in the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, turn to your neighbor and tell woman, Believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain, yet at Jerusalem, worship the Father. You, uh, ye worship, you know not what we know, what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, seeketh. The Father seeketh such to worship him. God is the spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, who uh, when he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that they talked to the woman, yet no man said, Why seekest thou, and why talkest thou to, the woman, to her? And the woman then left her pots, went her way into the city, and said unto the men, 
Come and see a man that told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. We want to talk to you about leadership. Turn to your neighbor and tell him leadership. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Sometimes, amen, we uh, look at uh, certain things that happen in our lives. And when we start to look at certain things that happen in our lives, we kind of compound uh, other events that took place. As far as you not being transparent with God, not being transparent. You know, one of the two things that uh, is very, very effective, one of the things that is effective and one of them that is not, is that King David was very transparent with God. He committed adultery, he sinned, but he was very transparent. He was open with God. But then King Saul didn't commit adultery, and he wasn't transparent with God. So being transparent with the Lord and being honest with the Lord is the key. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Can you say amen, church? Turn to your neighbor and tell him you need to be humble. Not just in church. Amen? Not just in church. Because I can, I'll guarantee you that husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend get upset and mad. It's because one of you got pride and one of you don't want to surrender. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. It's going to be a long night. <laughs> Amen. So I want you to understand that it all boils down for you to humble yourself. The problem with the woman was that she thought she had a monopoly on God. And she looked at the situation and said, wait a minute, why are you talking to me? I have everything that you need. I have the pot, I'm going to the well, and you're asking me to get it. So her attitude was different. She needed to change her attitude. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, change your attitude. You got to change your attitude. Because her attitude was one that she compounded so many things in her life that she did not want to see what was going on in her own life. You know, you can mask uh, so many things in your heart and your mind with knowledge and try to put so much knowledge, go to school, go to everything. But yet it's very difficult for some people because you try to put knowledge before the Lord, before or being transparent with the Lord. This is exactly what happened to her. She was going through some things in her life where she had compounded all these things and men had hurt her in the past. She said she had five husbands. So, you know, a woman that has five husbands has gone through some stuff. Can you say that, church? You know, she's gone through some things. Five husbands, that means that, you know, she's gone through some things and, and she hasn't been able to overcome the first thing and it just kind of compounds and keeps moving forward in the second. So this is why you need to learn how to overcome in your first marriage, so you don't have a second marriage. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. <laughs> learn to overcome. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you need to learn to overcome. Amen. Overcome because then you'll have a, a, a same problem in the second marriage. And you have the same problem in the third marriage. And this is one of the reasons why it's so difficult for some because they don't want to humble themselves nor change. 
Turn to your neighbor and tell him you need to change. Her attitude was that she needed to change. And that was part of the problem. Part of the problem is because she had this knowledge, she had this hurt, she had all these things that happened in her life. And it was very difficult. So when she was trying to go ahead and talk to Jesus, and Jesus, and all he did was ask her, give me a drink of water. She's trying to tell him, look it, I got the pot. You don't have anything to draw water with. You don't have this. You know, you're coming to me. You're trying to tell me. I'm Samaritan. I don't understand. In other words, her attitude was the one that was trying to go ahead and bulldoze and try to uh, control the whole situation between her and Jesus, thinking that she had a monopoly on Jesus because she had the pot. So I want you to understand that when, she, when Jesus started to speak to her, and started to tell her, um, you know, if you would have known who's talking to you. Then she went and rebuttaled and said something else. And she said the same thing. She was like, well, you know what? You don't have this. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when somebody's trying to do you a favor, you're always talking. And sometimes you just got to stop talking in order for God to bless you. The knowledge that you have is great and wonderful, but God wants to bless you. And not knowing who you're, who you're serving. The problem with her was she knew about the Messiah. She knew about the history. She knew about Jacob. She knew about the well. She knew about Joseph. She knew about everything else, biblical stories. She knew about the histories of what was going on, what was taking place. But yet, she even knew about the Messiah. So when the Lord was speaking to her, she didn't experience what she was experiencing was religion and not an experience with Jesus. So I want you to understand that with her, she was looking at it and saying, well, later on, they're going to come and worship on this mountain. Uh, they're going to do this. We're going to bring them here, and this is what we're going to do. And yet she had this plan, but where the Lord was right there in front of her. And one of the things that I want you to understand is that sometimes you're going to have to change going into this new year, and you cannot be the same from this day forward. You got to learn how to change. And the Bible tells us that she started speaking to him and telling him that I got the pot. You don't have nothing to draw with. And then he started saying, hey, wait a minute. If you would have known who uh, I was, you would have asked me to drink this water. I would have gave you living water. And she's like, wait a minute. Then all of a sudden now she shifts her attitude where now she's shifting it where she's not the one in charge. You know, if some leaders would just shift it to being humble and help one another. They would get a whole lot better results instead of just being commanding all the time. Can you say amen, church? Commanding and commanding and telling people what you should and should not be doing. But you should, the Bible says for us, we're supposed to see our brother, help him. Matter of fact, the Bible says, uh, you that are strong, go to one that is weak, considering your own self, and help the person to get back up. Can you say amen, church? According to the scriptures, that's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to talk about the brother. You're not supposed to talk about the sister. You're not supposed to talk about anybody or gossip. Amen. You're supposed to pray for them that God help them because we all come short of the glory of God. There is not one perfect here. There is not one perfect in the house of the Lord, starting with me. There, there is not one perfect. We all come short of the glory of God. And this is why you need to pray for, uh, for, pray for your sister. Pray for your brother. 
help your brother and help your sister to get to the place they need to be because uh, the attitude of stopping, uh, the, your attitude is basically going to stop you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's all your attitude. If you stop and look at it, the attitude of Nicodemus was what was stopping him to get closer to the Lord. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that he goes to Nicodemus at night and Nicodemus tells him, you know, we know you are sent from God because nobody can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. And right away, Jesus tells him, except the man be born of the water of spirit, he cannot enter to the kingdom of God. His attitude was one that he was a foot away from Jesus, looked into his eyes, uh, talked to him, but yet he resisted in everything that Jesus said. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that uh, Nicodemus is saying, I don't understand. I can't comprehend it. And here Jesus is trying to explain to him. Um, he says, look, you, you say that you know and you don't know. The knowledge that you have is messing you up because you don't want to do it, but yet you say you know. You, know. you know people that know how to teach, but yet don't do it themselves? Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. You can say amen or ouch or something. It's okay. Don't worry. It's fine. Amen. So we want, we want to change this year. Amen. To, that way we can go and to become a better man of God and a woman of God going into the next year. And let God take us to the next level. Amen. So the Bible tells us that here um, uh, you have to understand that um, this, this woman uh, is having a conversation with Jesus. And when you have a conversation with Jesus, uh, the Bible's telling me uh, that, um, that here she's trying to understand what he's saying. Now, if we go back to Nicodemus, Nicodemus was a man that was supposed to be a ruler of the Jews. And he was supposed to be a man that had knowledge and understanding Matter of fact, comprehension of the law. And he was supposed to know all these things, but yet the Bible tells us that Jesus is having a conversation with him and he's telling him, yet yeah, you think, how in the world can I speak to you about heavenly things if you don't even understand earthly things? So he's trying to understand and comprehend. And Jesus starts to look at him. As a matter of fact, Jesus even gets a little fluttered with him because he's like, man, you say you know, but you don't know. And you say you, you do this, but you don't do this. And I don't understand. And all of a sudden now his attitude is what's stopping him from getting the blessing from Jesus. Does that make sense? Can you say amen? Turn to your neighbor and tell him it's your attitude. Amen. So some people know too much. Like the woman in the well, she knew too much. And she was trying to tell Jesus with a defense. You use scripture on your defense. Instead of somebody trying to help you. Hey, you know what, brother? You know, this is the problem you have. Turn around. Oh, yeah? Well, what about you? I got a scripture for you, brother, that I've been studying for a while already. <laughs> By the time you know it, you just whoosh, chop them up with the scripture. <laughs> Yet the Bible's telling us that we're supposed to love one another, not, not so much put the defense up with the scriptures, and that way we, we cut the brother up or the sister up. 
We're going to have to start learning how to use the scriptures to edify one another. As a matter of fact, the Bible says to submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. Just because you have a title doesn't mean that you have to be over everybody. Your attitude has to shift. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? A good leader is someone who understands it's more uh, if, um, the one that understands a person and understands their, their ideas and their concepts. You know, one of the good ways of seeing this is a, is a waiter. You know, a waiter is right there to serve you, they're there to help you. They see your water down, they come and they, they put your water. I mean, it's just, they're just there, they're on it. They're just moving and they're just serving you. As a matter of fact, when you start getting served by a waiter and they don't come with the water, you're just like, I ain't tipping them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They want a good tip? I don't know what's going on around here. So then the, the problem is, is that all of a sudden now we, trade, we do the exact same thing in the kingdom of God and say, okay, oh, this brother's going to act like this? Oh, okay, so I'm going to treat him a certain way, and I'm going to treat her that way, and I'm going to treat them this way also. By the time you know we have the same attitude, and that's not what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, let's put up Matthew chapter um, um, 5, verse 44. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. The Bible tells us, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, love your enemies. Híjole. You know how hard that is? Love your enemies. Then it says, bless them that curse you. It would be nice if it said, leave them alone. That curse you. Stay far away. But it doesn't. It says, bless them that curse you. That's what it says. It says, okay. Then he says, and, and do good to them that hate you. Híjole. Everybody with me so far? It says to do good to them that hate you. So it doesn't, our normal reaction, our, our physical and normal reaction, uh, and, uh, and our normal reaction is like, you know what, I'm staying away. If they're going to act this way, then that's it. I'm not going to do nothing for them. They keep asking me for shampoo, and they keep asking me for this, and they ask me for money, and you know what, that's it. I'm cutting them loose. Everybody with me? All of a sudden, now you have this defense up where the Bible tells us exactly what we're supposed to do. And it says, bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And wait a minute. Then he says, pray for them which spitefully use you and persecute you. So it's hard to pray for somebody that uh, it's so hard for you to go ahead and start praying when you hate that person. Can you say amen, <laughs> You're like, Lord, you need to take care of him. And if a car goes by, let him get run over in Jesus' name. And you said you're going to answer all my prayers and ask anything in my name, believing. And all of a sudden, we want to start using scripture for our own benefit. When, when that's not what the Bible says. The Bible is telling us, wait a minute, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Can you say amen, church? So that means that you have to go to the person and say, hey, here, brother, let me bless you. 
Even though your flesh is telling you, don't do it. Everybody got it? Your flesh is telling you, man, don't do it. Don't bless them. Don't give them a dinner. Don't give them nothing. Just go ahead and just walk away. You know, you, you deserve it. You can walk away. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Your flesh wants to do these things. And when your flesh wants to do the natural thing, which is to walk away and not do those things, then it becomes very difficult for us if we give in to those things. Then all of a sudden now we start walking in the flesh. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't walk in the flesh. You start walking in the flesh, then you start justifying your actions. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, justify. You can start justifying your actions. She justified her actions by saying, hey, I got the pot. Uh, the well's right here. You ain't even got nothing to dwell from. What are you talking about? You need me. I don't need you. Can you say amen, church? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, change your attitude. <laughs> because you're going to have to learn how to change your attitude because you don't know who you're speaking to. You could be speaking to the next president. You could be speaking to the next pastor, the next bishop. You could be speaking to anyone. That's why the Bible says, submit yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. Because you're reverencing the Lord. Because the Lord made that brother or that sister. And you're honoring the Lord because they're right in front of you. Can you say amen, church? If you look at it carnally, then you're going to see it in a way where it's going to be very hard for you. Because then you start seeing all the stuff that you have done and all the things that you can do. And by the time you know it, you're looking at all the ministries that you have done. You've been, a usher, you've been an usher. You've been, a, you've been Sunday school. And you've been a leader. And I've been a Timothy. And you know what? That should be worth something. And now, you know what? I'm going to do it unto the Lord. And the Lord should be blessing me. And, you know, I want you to understand that sometimes it's not always like that. You're going to have to learn how to serve and become the good leader that God wants you to do. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible tells us that here she goes and she's having a conversation with Jesus. And Jesus is telling her, if thou would have known the gift of God and who is that said it, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, uh, thou hast nothing to draw with him from the well is deep. So sometimes you look at the circumstances instead of looking at what Jesus is actually saying. And in some cases, you can pray and ask the Lord to show you, but then it it's hard for you because you don't believe what God is saying. Has anybody ever prayed and you, you're praying just to substitute the time but not believe what God said? <laughs> Let me break it down so you understand. You, you go ahead and look at the time and instead of rebuking the spirit of fear at late at night or you're rebuking whatever is there in your house, you go ahead and continue to keep praying and keep praying and keep praying which is awesome and great, but the Lord answered your prayer the first time. And sometimes we justify it and say, man, Pastor, I've been praying all night. Well, why? You should have just prayed and asked the Lord to show you, and that's it. 
and then go to sleep like a baby, and that was it. Because the Bible says if you believe, all things are possible. So you're going to have to learn how to trust in the Lord and put God first. You got to learn how to, if you're going to be a good leader, you got to learn how to trust in the Lord. There's no way around it. So when this woman started to speak and say, wait a minute, you don't have anything to draw from, you don't have this. She kept using her attitude and everything else, her knowledge of the, the worship place, the mountain, and what they're going to do. Everything that she understood, but yet she did not understand the one that was speaking to her was the Messiah. And sometimes God just wants to have an encounter with you that sometimes your knowledge and understanding and your, all the stuff that kind of stacked up on your past and you just still want to have pride. You still don't want to surrender to God. You know, I'm the man of the house. You're going to tell me anything, Pastor. I'm the man. Or sisters, don't be telling me nothing. I, I know how to pray. I know how to fast. That's not what they're telling you for. I don't think that's what they're doing. I think what they're doing is to help you to understand that there is power when we unite together. And when you start uniting together, it is so powerful. Even the day of Pentecost, amen, was established when they united and started praying the 120 in the upper room and the power of God came down. So it's also the same thing. You know, you need to understand that you need your sister and you need your brother. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I need my sister and I need my brother. You can't, you can't, have, you can't have a servant attitude or a leadership attitude with pride. It's just not going to happen. If you're not willing to submit to people or submit to brothers and sisters, this is one of the reasons why, let me, let me be honest, it's only us. So, I'm only kidding. Facebook is there. Anyways, <laughs> let me be honest with you. This is one of the reasons why most people in churches don't want to submit. Because it's very difficult for them. They want to be the leader of their ministry. And they don't want to be submitted to the ministry leaders. They don't want to be to the supervisors, to the pastor. And they have this connection with God. Me and the Lord. We're like that. We're connect. So the main thing talks about, though, you have to follow the scripture. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you've got to follow the scripture. According to Hebrews 13, 17, the Bible tells us that you need to learn how to submit and obey. Go ahead and go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. The Bible says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. According to that scripture, as they that must give account, that means they're going to give account unto the Lord for you. Does that make sense? Everybody with me? All right. That they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So according to Hebrews 13, 17, you need to learn how to have a submissive and obedient attitude. Okay. Let's go back, obey them that have the rule over you, and submit. So he's using obey and submit. That means there's two different things. Obedience is when you're obedient and you do what they're telling you to do. Submitting is when um, inside you learn how to go ahead and say, I'm going to do it anyway. 
You can be obedient and not never submit. If somebody ever goes to jail or goes to an institution, uh, and you can be obedient because they have the control, they have the key, they have the belly club, amen? And they can hit you upside the head if you disobey. Or, but you're obedient. And the moment that you are disobedient, they, they, you know, a person can learn to become obedient, even in the program. Learn how to become obedient, obedient the women, the men, the church. You can learn how, but never learn how to submit unto the Lord. And this is why it gets difficult for some people, because you got to learn how to submit totally unto God. So the Bible says for two things, obedience, obey, and then submit. So when a person submits, it's because they're giving everything that they have. Inside, if they're just obeying, they can just come to church and be obedient and say, nah, that pastor, he's whacked. He's not all there. You know, nah, I heard him out. It was good. It was all right. You know, and then go back out and do whatever you have to do. But a person who submits says, well, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to surrender to what the Lord told me because he didn't know that I was going to come. And he didn't know that God was going to use him to go ahead and, uh, for me to submit and surrender. So you know what? I'm just going to take it as God speaking to me. And that's what I'm going to do. So a person surrenders their heart, their mind, their soul, and they serve God with everything they have. So a person who is obedient, they're just obeying, but their attitude is still there. And that's why it's so difficult for this woman in the well. She was, she was trying to be obedient to Jesus, but yet she was arguing, almost arguative with Jesus and telling him, I have what you need, and you're the one that needs the water. And you're telling me that you need the water. So it, all of a sudden now she has an argumentative spirit. You know anybody that has an argumentative spirit? Amen? It's always arguing, constantly arguing. They don't even want to let you have a word in edgewise. They're constantly arguing, and you're always at fault. Does anybody know anybody like that? Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. <laughs> Say amen or, or ouch or praise the Lord or something. You're killing me over here. Amen. So I want you to understand that some people are argumentative, constantly argumentative. And they want to win the argument. Anybody know anybody? Don't say any names or anything like that. But anybody know anybody like that? Constantly want to win the argument. You're wrong. I'm right. Even when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? So I want you to understand that here the Bible tells us that here she's being argumentative with the Lord. And sometimes we can become argumentative with people where sometimes the Lord is trying to use that person to help you and be a blessing to you. But yet you got to get your point across. And yet the Lord's just telling you, just shut up, be quiet, and submit. Amen? Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Somebody give God a round of applause. You got me worried. I came back and... And this is why a, a, a person who has a lot of pride is very argumentative. They always want to get their point across. Amen? 
They always want to get their point across. They always want to tell you what is right and what is wrong. And then when you disagree with them, what? Oh, my Lord. World War III happens. Can you say amen, church? Why is it that you're the only one humbling yourself? Why is it that you only, you're the only one that feels that you're humbling yourself all the time? You're always saying you're sorry. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. I'm going to somebody's backyard right now. <laughs> you're always saying, I'm sorry. The other person never says they're sorry. They're like, what is going on? Okay, so in order to hold the peace at your house, you say you're sorry because you don't want to be like that, but the other person don't mind being like that. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Everybody with me so far? Okay, look, if you're a good leader, you're going you're gonna to do it unto the Lord. You're not going to do it unto the person. Because that's why, the, he, that's why Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 tells us, says, look at, pray for them that spitefully use you and persecute you. Do good to them that hate you because you're not doing it for them. Let's go to the next verse, verse uh, 45. The Bible says, that they may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth the rain on the just and the unjust. So the Bible's telling us this. He says, I want God to be glorified in you. When you learn how to submit, you learn to pray for them, you learn to go ahead and get a hold of God, then God's going to be glorified inside of you. He's saying, I can't control them, but I can control you. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that what a good leader uh, is more likely to have um, less talking. A good leader is more likely to be less talkative. Amen? Because somebody can talk and never say anything. Can you say that? <laughs> Just keep talking and talking and talking about the stars, the moon, and the birds, and the, the blue birds, and the red birds, and everything else. And COVID, 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 COVID. <laughs> You know what I mean? It attacked them this way. It attacked them that way. And it just kept, it just, that's the whole conversation. It just, uh. So I want you to understand that here people have to be careful. If you're a leader, you need to take them to a place where you, you, need, to, you need to know your purpose. You need to know what you're, what you're for. The woman actually, uh, when she started speaking to Jesus, and Jesus started speaking to her, he started to show her, look, you need to have eternal life. And you need to understand the concepts because you understand history and you understand everything else. But you need to understand that it's at your front door right now. And if the salvation is at your front door, then I need you to understand that you're going to be the leader that's going to lead other people to come to Christ. Can you say amen, church? So your attitude has to be right. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, change your attitude. Can you say amen, church? So you got to change your attitude to what God wants. So 
Do the person deserve it? Of course they don't deserve it. The person that's yelling at you and cussing and everything else, they don't deserve love and mercy. Amen. But if we're following the scriptures, um, then we're going to go ahead and show them what God showed us. You know, you can't give them what you don't have. If you have love and you have mercy inside of you, then you're going to show that to them. But if you don't, if you're always arguing and very upset and frustrated and mad all the time. You know, we have men that trigger, that change from one moment to the next. You have men that just change. Even women. You got women that change from one moment to the next. Everything is so happy and then poof, they turn. And all of a sudden they're arguing, they're upset, they're mad, they're frustrated. And it becomes very difficult because you have to understand that all these things that she was dealing with were compound before her. And it, the problems that she had, the frustration, the anger, uh, the, the insecurities, for her to react to Jesus that way, she had insecurities. And she tried to be in control. Can you say amen, church? Amen. Does anybody know a sister that's in control all the time? That wants to be in control? I mean, don't say any names, but you know. She always wants to be in control, in control of her husband, control of the kids, constantly in control. What is that? What are you doing? What's going on? What's happening? Who brought you? Who took you that? Who? Where'd you get that food? You know. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? Constantly in control. So her, the problem that we have here is that your knowledge and your understanding will stop you from having a humble heart. It's not until Jesus started to talk to her on a personal basis. And this is why you got to start learning how to self-examine yourself. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, self-examine. The Bible says, judge not, lest you be judged. That's what the Bible says. If you're going to be judging people, then you're going to go ahead and get judged the same way. So you got to be very careful. You know, people that uh, are uh, very aggressive, uh, that, that say, I'm a leader, and they're aggressive and everything else, they're pretty much lonely people because nobody can stand to be by them. Can you say amen? amen. Their kids just be there because they're there, just because they live in the house and they have to live somewhere. You know what I mean? And they kind of already adjust to it. They kind of adjust to the house and adjust to everything. The husband, he's just there. He's just, you know, it is what it is. He's just there. And it's very difficult. And then vice versa. The wife is just there just to go ahead and help with the kids. And there's no love there. There's no compassion. There's nothing. And yet they just live life this way. And it's not supposed to be that way because the Bible says, I've come to give you life. And life in abundance. Can you say amen, church? You don't want to get religious. Come on, let's give God a round of applause. It's okay. You don't want to get religious. You don't want to get religious to the point where it becomes a routine all the time. To her, it was a routine to go to the well. This is why she told Jesus, give me this drink. That way I stop coming here. I'm tired of coming. I'm tired of being the same way 
the sick and tired of doing the same thing over and over and over again. This year that's coming up, this revival that we're having on Friday, the New Year's Eve revival, we should make some, some commitments unto the Lord and saying, God, I don't want to be the same anymore. I want to change my life. I don't want to be this way anymore. I want to do what you want me to do. And even if I have to let go of some stuff, do you know that she had to go ahead and, and let go of some stuff? She had to let go of her house in order for her to come to the well. Some of you got to let go of some people and some stuff in order for you to have an encounter with Jesus. Because that alone is stopping you from having the encounter. Can you say amen? amen. So I want you to understand that you, when God starts to deal with you, it is a, it's something that God wants to take you to a different level of your life. And you got to change. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you got to change. You know? You know, you can't have the attitude, I'm going to be like this. I'm going to die like this. Pastor, that's the way I am. Everybody with me? I'm going to die to the hubcaps, fall off, and that's it. You don't have to do all that. What you have to do is say that if the Holy Ghost is inside of you, and the Holy Ghost is giving the power to change on a daily basis. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he's working on you day by day. According to the scriptures, the Bible, the Lord is working on you day by day. So that means you've got to change. Okay, let me, let me give you an example. You have your kids. You have your, your, your little small kids. You've got your five-year-olds, your eight-year-olds. You've got your nine-year-olds. But if, if the mom and dad don't change with the five-year-old, you're going to treat him five when he's already 15. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Come here, come here, uh, Billy. He's already 6'3". <laughs> and you're like, sit right here, Billy. You know, I'm sorry if your name is Billy, but you know. <laughs> so the main thing is, he's already 6'3", and you're treating him like he's five years old. The parents have to learn how to change in the process. Because if they don't change, they're going to treat them the same way in the house. And there's nothing more worse than a frustrated young girl and a frustrated young man saying, my mom and my dad don't understand me. Everybody with me? That's the number one complaint of young people. My mom, my dad don't understand me. They still treat me this way. They still treat me that way. Amen. I'm 29 years old and they still take me to the store. Amen. Everybody with me? I can't even take the bus, you know, because they're afraid that somebody's going to get me or something. Everybody with me? So the parents, if they don't change, how do they want the kids to change in the process? A leader is constantly changing. A leader is constantly changing to the situation that's around them because they have to learn how to adapt. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, just constantly change. You got to learn how to adapt as a leader. A leader, you adapt to the situation, you move forward and you keep going. You don't get stuck and start crying. <laughs> I don't know what to do next. You don't do that. You, you move forward you get the situation, you look at it, and you keep moving forward for God's honor and glory. 
because you know that there's other people that are behind you that are going to come behind you and you got to teach them you got to show them you got to help them you that are going to be leaders next year you got to start looking at people are looking at you and people are looking at your every suggestion and every mood and everything that you do what your, your dislikes are and what your likes are they see all of this whether you're discipling somebody or not they already know you if i say your name and we say okay how's this person i'll have like 15 shouts out man he's like this he like that like this because they already know who you are so you have to understand that you got to learn how to change you got to learn how to change do you ever want to know how you are go to your kids and ask them, how am I? <laughs> Pull out the list. <laughs> okay, Dad. We're going to start with the A's. And we're going to work all the ways down to the Z's. Because nobody wants to self-examine themselves. But if you want to be a good father, you want to be a good mother... You want to be a good leader? Ask. You don't even if you have, oh, Pastor, I'm good. My kids are really, really small. Okay, well, ask your leader how you are. Ask your friend how you are. They will tell you. If they're your friends, you know, the Bible says the wounds of a friend are often, but the kisses are deceitful. So your friend will tell you what time it is. Thank God for good friends. Amen? Thank God for good friends that will tell you exactly what you need to do in order to overcome. So I want you to understand that when you start to look at these things, you need to be transparent with the Lord. Look at King David said, Lord, search my heart. See that I have any sin in me. The woman was changing already her heart in her mind and everything else to looking at it and now actually telling Jesus, okay, well, give me, give me this drink. Okay, I, I don't want to come here no more, so I want this drink, so give it to me. So now she's shifting. She's not, she doesn't have the attitude of, okay, I'm in control. Now she's humbling herself and saying, whatever you want, that's what I want. Can you say amen, church? Amen. So I want you to understand that God was dealing with her on a one-to-one -one basis because God was seeking something. Let me, let me break this down so you understand. Turn to your neighbor and tell him. He's going to break it down. Here we go. The Bible says, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that the Lord seeketh, the Father seeketh such to worship him. Let me see if I got this right. The God of heaven, the one that created the five million milk, uh, galaxies, created everything on the face of the earth, created men, created women, created everything on the face of the earth. He seeks something? The Bible's telling us that the God of the, of the, 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 the Lord is seeking them to worship him in spirit and in truth. So if the Lord had not penetrated through the woman and helped her to understand and brought down all these layers of pride and everything now that she's dealing with, you know, husbands and boyfriends and everything else, it brought all this down, she would have never been a witness for everybody to seek 
the Lord. That's why the Bible says she ran to the city and everybody started coming up. She said, look, hey, come on over here. I want to tell you about this guy. He told me about the future. He's the Messiah. I know. And people started coming. God is going to use you when you start learning how to humble yourself and not look at only what you know, but who you know. When you start learning and having a relationship with God every morning, praying, seeking the face of the Lord, getting a hold of God, God's going to take you to the next level of your life. And that is to use you. Can you say amen? Brother, would you turn on the fans? Because I've got some people hurting. Amen. So I want you to understand that God wants to use you, but you're going to have to change your attitude in the process. Her attitude was changed. you got to change it. You can't try to be the same as the way you were last this year and try to take it into next year. Okay. That's going to kill you. You're going to go into another marriage and another marriage and another marriage. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Because you failed to learn. You failed to understand, to change. All I need to do is just change. I want to let the Lord change my heart. I don't want to be this way no more. That's why she said, hey, give it to me. I don't want to be like this no more. I don't want to come over here no more. I don't want to do this no more. I, I've been doing this all the time, every day, every other day. I don't want to do it no more. I need to change. I need a different view of what you're all about. I want to have a personal experience with you, Jesus. So I want you to understand that is why we have to have self-examining spirit because when you have that, God is going to use you for his honor and for his glory. And when you start looking at other people and saying, you know what, they need Jesus, then you start getting the big picture instead of arguing with people about you being right then God is going to use you tremendously to bring the whole city to worship the Lord. Can you say amen, church? Anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? A good leader has to self-examine yourself. And you got to look at yourself and quit blaming others. We're saying it's their fault. It's the gangs took my son out. It's the gangs that took my daughter out. It's the jail. Man, it's the judge. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you wouldn't have put yourself in that mess, the judge wouldn't have to give you judgment. It, it's you. It's Everything starts at the house. Turn to your neighbor and tell him everything starts at the house. Everything starts at the house. I don't care how you slice it. Pastor, my kids are small right now. Okay, well, fruit will start coming. And they're either going to be trusting in the Lord and putting God first, or the fruit's going to come out, and they're going to be deceitful, manipulative, and everything else. But it's going to come. So you got to start self-examining. One of the things, I know I'm going a little long, but one of the things that I've always looked at in the future, I've always looked at in the future, I always looked at my kids, Jesse Jr. and, and um, James and Janelle. And I always looked at how do they see me? And I got to see it up ahead. I don't want them to think I'm a liar, a cheater, manipulator, deceiver. And one time we went to Jack in the Box and 
they gave me the wrong change. I gave them a 10, they gave me change for a 20. Some of you would have said, blessings from up above. But I knew it was a lesson. And Jesus would just give the disciples a lesson in everything. It was a grape, give them a lesson in the kingdom of God. It was a tree, give them a lesson in the kingdom of God. I knew everything was a lesson. And I went back and I told my sons, I told them, you know what, we got to go back. No, no. Oh, wow. What happened? They gave me more. I said, we go back. We go back. We tell them, they tell the lady. She says, thank you, thank you. I know that was a lesson that just speaks volumes. I just, that was just a teaching lesson that spoke volumes to my children for me not to be dishonest and lie and manipulate and everything else. So I'm telling you that God, the, everybody's looking, brothers, sisters, disciples, they're all looking, your children, and we got to learn to become good leaders this coming year. Can you say amen, church? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you need to change. Amen. Don't be the same this coming year. We got to change it. Can you say amen? How many are ready to change it? How many want to change it? Look, it's okay if you don't want to change it. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's okay. But you're the one that's going to deal with it this coming year. Everybody with me? Okay. If you change it, God's going to bless you even more because you're trusting in the Word of God and you're trusting in the Lord. And the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways and He shall direct your path. Can you say amen, church? How many are ready to change? I don't want to be the same anymore. I want to change. I want to change. I want to change. I want a bigger burden. A bigger desire, a bigger passion. Can you say amen? Man, let's all stand. Okay, I want you to pray for your neighbor. I want you to put your hand on your neighbor. Pray for them. Amen. That God will, will change them this year. That God will go ahead and do something great in their life. And not, not just go with the flesh, but Go with what God wants. Can you say amen? Okay, now, wait a minute. Before we pray, listen to me. Before we pray, listen. Some of you are going to want to take the prayer and, and lead the prayer like you ain't got nothing. Okay, don't do that. We got to pray for one another. You with me? Everybody understand? Don't lead the prayer and then all of a sudden you don't, you, you don't pray for yourself. That's what we talked about in the beginning. Okay, you want to pray for each other. Okay, so if you speak, you, you pronounce blessings upon that person, you want that person to pronounce a blessing upon you. Everybody got it? Everybody understand? Okay, let's pray. Jesus, Lord, we give you the honor, the glory. Right now, in the name of Jesus, God, we ask you, Lord, to continue to change our hearts, change our minds.